Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good morning, everybody, on this Thanksgiving Day in the United States. It's worth remembering as that it's this day is observed in America, and for the rest of the world, it is a Thursday, and as such, the news does continue. That's why we're going to cover this in a live stream today. <clears throat> My general plan for this live stream is to cover this news out of the Vatican, as well as to talk a little bit about um, the alleged turkey indult. Here's your hint. It was given once, but it doesn't matter anyway. Talk about that after we talk about the news. And then from there to segue into a, a case without going over the ethics of it, of not taking part in most Black Friday shopping deals. So we're going to talk about those things after we talk about the news. So let us just go right into the news. Francis is, of course, afraid of the schism happening that he is himself the one the cause of because he has coddled the German bishops for entirely too long. He issued this letter to the German bishops. Pope Francis' letter expressing concern about German synodal way. And now you may... You may not be getting notifications about my daily news videos, but are for the, my live streams. And so like one of my daily news videos recently was talking about how the German bishops have decided that the synod on synodality was pretty much gave them, you know, the signal to just go forth and do their silly and bizarre and heretical and frankly evil stuff that they're trying to do to the church in Germany. The decentralization of the hierarchy the creation of a permanent synodal committee staffed mostly by lay people, the ability giving laity the oversight of bishops, that old stuff. And Francis wrote a uncharacteristic letter for him. It's un uncharacteristic on three counts. First, the letter is unambiguous. I know, <laughs> right? Unambiguous letter from Francis. It It only cites himself, but it does so in an appropriate way, which is unusual in that he talks about something else he wrote that's absolutely relevant to this one thing. And three, the letter is short. Francis is not known for his brevity. The letter will take maybe a minute and a half at most to read to you. So here we go. Here's the letter he wrote to the German, uh, to German Catholics that has caused the German bishops to take notice. Cause that's what's happened here. So dear professor Schlosser, Professor Gerald Falkowitz and Mrs. Schmidt. I extend my gratitude for your kind letter dated November 6th. Your concerns regarding the current developments within the church in Germany have reached me, and I share your concerns. There are indeed numerous steps being taken by significant segments of this local church that threaten to steer it increasingly away from the universal church's common path. This doubtlessly includes the establishment of the synodal committee you, re you referenced. This committee aims to set up a consultative and decision-making body. However, as outlined in the corresponding resolution, its proposed structure is not in alignment with the sacramental structure of the Catholic Church. Consequently, its formation was forbidden by the Holy See in a letter dated January 16th, 2023, which received my specific endorsement. Here's where the letter 
he's the one reference he makes to himself here is, and it's a 100% way appropriate way to reference yourself. Because remember, Francis likes to reference himself mostly in his own documents, but here it's actually appropriate the way he's doing it. So, in my letter to the pilgrim people of God in Germany, I sought not to find salvation in constantly evolving committees, nor to persist in self-absorbed dialogues rehashing the same themes. Rather, I aimed to reemphasize the importance of prayer, penance, and adoration. I urged an open call to action to engage with our brothers and sisters, especially those found at the thresholds of our church doors, in the streets, within prisons, hospitals, public squares, and cities. I firmly believe that in these places, the Lord will guide us. Let's pause here for a second. that That's the most Catholic-sounding thing I've seen him write in a very, very long time. Prayer, penance, and adoration? Can we have more of that, please? Like, honestly, if he had, if this had been like the tone of everything he had been doing since the start, things would be in a much better place in the church right now. I commend your contributions to theology and philosophy and thank you for the witness to the faith. May the Lord bless you and may the Blessed Virgin Mary keep you. I kindly ask that you continue to pray for me and for our shared commitment to unity. United in the Lord, Francis. Oh, by the way, look, he signs it as Francis, not Pope Francis, no nothing. And I only say that because sometimes I get people who don't like it, but where I rarely use the word Pope and Francis when, other than when quoting him, I just get tired of using the title over and over again. But that uh, that letter is the most Catholic sounding thing I have seen him write in a very long time. What happened to the open letter stream the other day? Uh, I had a conversation with somebody that I that I can't disclose the details of. But it was made abundantly clear that that letter could cause very serious problems for Archbishop Vigano. And that's all I can say. So I had to put take it down. <clears throat> that's all I can say. Um, but yeah, so this is a, uh, I would almost call this the, um, it, you know, it's almost a Christmas miracle here, right? Well, let's go, let, let's just go right to the problem, Be, the, uh, the, the response, because the German bishops are surprised. So we get this letter from CathCon, or this article from CathCon. Papal, papal letter stuns German church. New letter from the Pope with well-known concerns about Germans' path to reform. All right, so here's the problem. Francis says these, writes this most Catholic-sounding thing I've heard him do in a long time. He issues this letter, and what happens? The German bishops are shocked by this. Well, remember, before the Synod on Synodality, after correcting them and telling them you don't go do this stuff without the church. After writing that kind of letter, he also wrote letters praising them for their work and saying the Holy Spirit is moving among them, guiding their hand in their synodal way. He has done this with James Martin on the thing he likes to talk about so much that's really odd for a priest to be so focused on. And it creates this perception among these groups that what they're doing is being authorized by the church. I mean, after all, if the Holy Spirit is moving among your schismatic action, then what you're doing is fine, right? That's the thinking. So here's the uh, CathCon article. Upon request, Pope Francis has once again formulated his concerns about the Reformed dialogue of, a, of the Catholic Church in Germany in a letter, just in time for the starting signal of the Synodal Committee and with an extremely short response time. New letter from the Pope on the Church Reform Dialogue in Germany. And to say it up front, neither the timing, nor the content, nor the procedure of publication are surprising. Similar events have happened several times since the Church in Germany started the synodal path in 2019. Conservative critics of the initiative in particular developed a real pen pal relationship with Rome. That is absolutely true. I have talked, been talking about the German synodal way since 2019. 
let's just go right here down to let's just go down right here to the response time. The world, the world Synod in Rome in October showed that the key topics of the synodal path are being discussed not only in Germany, but all parts of the world, and that there is a, quote, need for reform. The problem that the Vatican has with the Germans is less on a substantive level than on a structural level. As soon as lay people and bishops decide together on an equal basis, alarm bells ring in Rome. Here's the decentralization I'm talking about. This is perhaps only one thing remarkable at the current letter from Rome, the reaction time of Pope Francis, who thanked the women for their letter of November 6th and responded almost immediately. While the chairman of the German Bishops' Conference must always exercise patience when he turns to Rome on this matter. At its first meeting, the Synodal Committee in Essen unanimously approved the statutes and rules of procedure. However, they can only come into force if the sponsors, the Bishops' Conference and the Central Committee of German Catholics, decide on them with the necessary majority. The Lay Umbrella Organization will vote on all of this at its general meeting in Berlin next Friday and Saturday, which I believe is tomorrow. The bishops will vote at their Spring General Assembly in, on February 19th to 22nd in Augsburg. It wouldn't be surprising if another letter arrived from the Vatican. German bishops and the Central Committee of German Catholics have reacted to a letter from Pope Francis in which he was critical of the reforms of the Catholic Church. When he asked, the spokesman said, Pope Francis's letter is addressed to four women. We found out about it from the media. As we are not recipients of the letter, we will not comment on it. In a personal letter to four German Catholics, which became public on Tuesday, the Pope wrote, among other things, that he shared concern about the numerous concrete steps that are now being taken by large parts of this local church that threaten to move ever further away from the common path of the universal church. In the letter, Francis refers to reforms of the Synodal Way, and in particular to the Synodal Committee, which is opposed to prepare the establishment of a Synodal Council. All right, so what is it, what is all that about? They're talking about, again, decentralizing the church, giving hiring authority or review authority of the bishops to laity, okay? Allowing, formally allowing laity to essentially run parishes. And I don't just mean that in the diocesan meeting, uh, council meetings that you have. And you've ever been to a parish council, right? You've seen those. That's a post-conciliar novelty. All that stuff used to be handled by seminarians and transitional deacons and priests at the at the parish level. Now there's not enough priests to do it. So now they have laity doing most of it. And the next logical step is to allow laity to manage parishes, which are already happening in some places. And so the German bishops are just taking the next logical step after that, which is laity running dioceses or laity reducing the, the role of the clergy to essentially sacramental ministers. It's That's what's happening here. And I don't know if what Francis is doing, if Francis is being sincere with this or not, but it, because remember, it looked like he was taking this kind of step before, but when you read the letter, his initial letters beforehand, he was telling them to not go it without the rest of the universal church. And that's the key to understanding this, at least the previous versions. He wanted them to wait till the synod on synodality. And the synod on synodality is not over. It's going to reconvene in October to talk about the James Martin topic, as well as, of course, the governance of the church issues. And I maintain my prediction on the Synod of Synodality's final document. The Synod will issue a document that is pretty radical. Francis will issue a document that's more moderate, but would, in the grand scheme of things, be radical, except it will not look as rad very radical compared to what the actual Synod asked for, and that it will move the ball forward, probably on decentralization. Where are his apostolic visitation puppets? Uh, Germany is not going to get an apostolic visitation anytime soon. That's being that's reserved for bishops who are too nice to traditional Catholics. Being discussed with the one 
with the 1%. I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, it's handpicked people. Thank you for the super chat, Richard. It is appreciated. And he thinks, and I like all hope Francis is being divinely redirected. I, I hope this is him really being aware that there is something like this is going, this is going too far. And that he takes, I would not be upset with an apostolic visitation to the German bishops. That would be refreshing for once. Traditionalist Catholic says the letter surprised me. It's uncharacteristic for what I'm used to from him, from the Holy Father. It is. This is why, like, it's short. It's clear. The itself reference is 100% accurate, and the document's not wrong. They're, the German bishops are threatening this, the unity of the church. That's what they are doing, without question. I have not seen anybody make a case for what is going on in Germany being okay. No one has been able can make that case. Not a coherent one, anyway. But that is the news. That is the main news of this day of the day. I do want to make a brief like pivot here. Um, in America, we always get this question after Thanksgiving of the so-called turkey indult. As the story goes, it was issued by Pius XII, allowing Americans to eat their turkey and their Thanksgiving leftovers on the Friday after Thanksgiving, right? And a lot of people just assume it's real. It's not. It happened. It was real. It happened one time and has never been re-upped by a pope. Now, a couple of reasons why that doesn't actually matter, okay? Number one, your bishop, a lot of bishops are going to issue today or tomorrow their own version of the turkey indult. Whether you choose to go along with it or not is up to you. And the other thing is, while traditional Catholics are known for abstaining from meat on Fridays, the church's formal rules on, on fasting on Fridays is, are, while extraordinarily lax and extraordinarily easy to follow, it is by the church's own present teaching of things, you are able, if you want, to substitute a fast from meat or abstention from meat with something else that day. Now, the problem is, now, I'm not one who likes this at all. I'm just telling what the rule is. I don't like it personally because it's just too lax. It's extraordinarily lax. People act as if praying, spending 15 minutes praying the rosary is the same as avoiding eating meat, which it's not. of Abstention from meat historically has been always been understood as being a very hard thing because of how nutritious and satisfying meat actually is. But you can substitute it for something else. And what you want to substitute it for is up to you. Uh, people often, again, do the rosary. Maybe if you were to do a full rosary, which can take you all 15 decades, will take you 45 minutes to do. That might be something that would be better. Maybe spend an hour in adoration if you can get to it. But the turkey indult ex itself doesn't exist. But again, we don't have, there's no need for a turkey indult by the present rules of the church. But the traditional thing to do if you look at any 1962 or 1955 liturgical, pre-1955 liturgical calendar, so you're going to see that today, or meaning not today, but Friday, tomorrow, is a day to abstain. Richard Corwin, member for six months. Congratulations on your, got the end of, got your uh, member anniversary notice in the chat. Um, Dr. Obvious says, I've never heard of the turkey indult on Black Friday before. It does. It, it, it comes up online mostly if you're spending way too much time on Twitter or Facebook and Catholic groups, it's where you see the debate. And Catherine reminds us that we now have refrigerators, so it's not really needed. Exactly. I'm going to give you another thing about this. You know, 
it's a traditional dish on Thanksgiving is to eat turkey. I've got one brining right now. I'm going to be pulling it out after this live stream to let it dry enough where I can roast it. But most people don't actually like turkey all that much. <laughs> okay. The, the, and I know this enough because early days of my channel, before I was monetized, I was, I had a side job while I was looking for, you know, a professional job. I had a side job delivering pizza and I worked on a Thanksgiving and we were so busy that night. It was obscene. We, I delivered, I can't even tell you how many pizzas I delivered that night. It was ridiculous. We were busier than I'd ever seen. Like after we closed, I was still out there delivering people's pizzas right up to the bell. So I don't take the tur the Friday turkey adult stuff all that seriously when I know for a fact that people who will pay $30 to have pizzas and wings and all that stuff delivered six hours after they just had turkey when they have a ton of leftovers that they could for free get up, go put onto a plate, reheat and eat at no cost or of time or treasure to them. So I don't take the turkey adult stuff that seriously. But again, the modern fasting rules of the church don't require you to have this anyway because you are permitted to swap out the abstention by the laws of the church without pain of sin to do this. I'm not endorsing it. I'm just telling you the facts. My plan is to abstain tomorrow. That's my plan. <clears throat> Mary Lou, the indult existed once for one year. That is a historic fact. It was never re-upped. Your bishop can choose to re-up it if he wants, but there's a perpetual indult on Friday anyway. Perpetual. We don't need a turkey indult. There's a perpetual indult. All you have to do is swap out the problem. I appeal to the fear that Jesus warned us about. No, I don't. I just tell you the facts of what's going on. If the calendar has a fish on it, I eat fish. What's so hard about that? Right. If you want to go ultra hard mode for penance, try to do a full, full fast from Thursday to Saturday. But you don't have to either. Roman TV says turkey has become traditional for Christmas here in the UK, but nobody likes it. Turkey can be prepared in the proper way to be a wonderful dish. It really, really can be. I thought about putting it in my grill, you know, but I, I've got some ribs in there, beef ribs right now. And those are going to take, I put them in at like 345. They're going to take until probably 10 to cook. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Raven Ray says, I was able to experience an American Thanksgiving during our 2002 visit. So, of course, I enjoyed it. And then we went to the Black Friday sales. Yes. And I'll be talking about Black Friday here for a second. Catholic cat says they never shot Black Friday. No interest. Right. So I'm going to give you the non-ethics basics for not shot doing partaking of Black Friday. And other than, like, I will tell you, the best day to go to a, just a standard grocery store, the best day of the year is Black Friday. Because nobody's there except people who work there and the other couple deal people, deal hunters like myself. If you want a good deal on a turkey or standing rib roasts, things that were being sold for Thanksgiving but are left, that's a good day to get it because they're often marked down. But there's no reason for the big ticket items a lot of the times. Uh, and I learned this because one Christmas I worked, I've, I've worked Christmas at Radio Shack. I've worked Christmas at Best Buy. I've worked Christmas for Kroger. Okay, so... I've got some experience doing this. I can tell you as um, having had a conversation with a manager from at Best Buy when I worked there for as a seasonal employee, if these if the TV deals and the big ticket item deals were really that good. And they told me, no, they weren't. They said from a Best Buy manager himself that the 
the TVs they bought that you see on sale and the other big ticket items that are too good to be believable are often the cheapest grade possible items, versions of things that they're not, they're not the most robust. They don't last as long. They're not, you don't get much for your money. Uh, he said, as TVs go, your best de- time a year to buy a TV is in the in the week or two before the Super Bowl in the United States, because those are normal quality televisions that, that you would see year round on their best prices. You're going to get a better deal that way. And the Super Bowl is late. That season is late January to early or mid-February, depending on when the Super Bowl lands every year. If you're looking for a computer, the best time to do it is going to be in July, because school in most places in the United States starts in August. So that's when those computer sales are. Okay. Costco and there's other places advertise, you know, there's a channel called the deal guy. And he like, he goes over like, like the 30 or 40 best items on sale every week or whatever at, at these big stores and his black Friday videos. It was funny watching them because, you know, laptops for $130. That's sounds great. Except he tells you that these are entry level and they're probably also the kind that if you sneeze on it, it's going to fall apart. Again, I'm not giving you an ethics reason for it. I can easily make an ethics argument when you've probably heard from Catholics a hundred times. This is, you know, it's a materialistic holiday. You know, people actually wish you a happy Black Friday now. We don't need to do that. Come on. <laughs> right? So short of going like to the grocery store to pick up a couple things that you might need, some deals, you've got freezer space to put an extra turkey in or whatever. There's no reason to go shopping on Black Friday. Yeah, I know the, the deals on things like socks and some of the other lesser than big ticket items are great, but those things were on sale all week anyway. Let me take some comments here. Um, traditionalist Catholic says he worked at Walmart on Black Friday. It was really bad. Our store had a cop on duty. Yeah, no, that's true. They, the other big ticket items, the ones that are meant to bring into the store, they have like two or three of each. You have to get there the night before to get, and I, it just, there comes some, there come, becomes something just very unchristian about the whole thing. Mary Lou says, our priest told that because of the Battle of Ponto and the Spanish involvement, the Spanish Empire was given an indult. They were allowed to eat meat on Friday in perpetuity. Then the discussion where did it Florida was still part of the Spanish Empire. Yeah, see, that's that's where part of it is. I think, you know, this is, um, you know, Black Friday deals aren't that great anyway. They they make maybe 2% profit on the stuff. I mean, the grocery retail stuff is... The, the margins are always really small anyway, but the turkey indult at the end of the day is a weird discussion that comes up every year because traditional Catholics will typically keep the, the, the abstention from fish, but the current laws of the church do that. It's sort of like I, one of the, and, it, and this really hit home for me when reading about the fasting before mass rules. And I was reading about it on the SSPX website and they recommend per the 1962 liturgical calendar that you abstain you, that you fast essentially for three hours before mass, meaning it, you either eat your breakfast really early that morning or you, or you just wait till after mass to eat. And in that article, it actually said that the SSPX does recognize the validity of the one hour rule that the church currently has. It just recommends a three hour rule. So if, if you're really bent on eating your turkey tomorrow, strictly speaking, the church has authorized you to do it if you do some other penance which can be not watching your Christmas movies that are going to be like really tempting for you tomorrow or whatever it is. Okay. Um, doing an extra, you know, 30 minutes of cardio. If you at the gym, if you really hate doing cardio, that kind of, you know, something that's going to really actually be an inconvenience and something that's meaningful. 
instead of you know i, I i'm not a fan of personally of people praying extra rosary just because it's so weird to do that to treat the rosary that way but at the end of the day the church has this, has rules in place that, that nullify the need for a quote turkey indult and again i if you were to ask me what you should do i planning to to the very least eat fish if i can if i'm going to try to do a total fast because lent is not that far away and I, you know i need to get myself trained back up to actually do have an appropriate lent <sighs> Helen says she recently bought $240 organic meat. What was that like four pounds of organic meat? <laughs> Colleen, I've, uh, I've worked black Friday. I've, I've shopped on black Friday twice. And after the last time I did it several years ago, I swore never to do it again. It wasn't worth it. And I don't deal well with crowds. Okay. Jed, you accuse me of lying. I am not lying. Uh, you have a nice life. <laughs> okay. Bye now. <laughs> I've worked Black Friday. I actually know what I'm talking about here. <sighs> Body says, you have to know what you are buying. I cannot handle all the greed in people. I'm so thankful for the channel. Thank you very much. And what I'm talking about things I'm thankful for is, of course, that I'm thankful every day that I can do what I do to support my family. It is a blessing. And I know that it comes from our Lord. So it, it, this isn't this isn't you know my doing, I don't think. Um and the kindness of people who watch and things. I, I, I'm not good at expressing the gratitude I have, but I am. I have very real great uh, gratitude. It's why the only news video I'm doing today is this live stream. I have a video going live in just about an hour. Um, I'm assuming most people in America are sleeping in an hour, so um, you'll get a video, but from Fulton Sheen, where he's not explicitly talking about Thanksgiving, but he's talking about things that, if you really internalize it, will help you have a more fruitful, more Catholic Thanksgiving celebration. I do intend to go live tomorrow. So if there are any further, uh, Dr. Ravis says Lent is hard. That's the point. It's depressing. It shouldn't, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, take an appropriate penance or thing that you're going to do. If, I mean, strictly speaking, again, you can just follow what the, the, the basic rules of what the church says without pain of sin. Is it recommended to do extra? Absolutely. Even the church today says you should do extra. If you can, you should do it in accordance with where you are. Okay. So if you are someone who has, doesn't have a history of fasting, it's probably not a good idea to try the black fast. Okay. It just isn't. If you, um, like I tried, I gave up all caffeine, cold turkey, one Lent a few years ago, and it was, it was not good. It wasn't good. It was, it was unpleasant to be around me at that time. And I was, it, in hindsight, I sh it, a, it wasn't a good idea. Do it according to how you, to where you are. And I think Advent is a good time to start thinking about that and preparing yourself and maybe taking some steps to prepare yourself. Because the whole point is, is to, of it is, of course, to do penance for, for things you've done in life, but also to get yourself ready to, to, to build on it so you can, do better in the future, I guess. Why is it called Black Friday? Well, Black Friday comes from the fact that this is the day where all the sales happen and through sheer volume of sales, the, the stores actually go from being in debt to making a profit. That's why it's called that. It's also why if the secular world decided to try to do away with the nativity, the feast of the nativity in some way, they wouldn't be able to because I think the retailers would stop them. Um, Don't we need a dispensation to do a black fast? I think you do. You should at least 
talk to your priest in the confessional if need be. If I would put an asterisk next to that, be aware of the line behind you. If there isn't much of a line, then you, it's probably fine to ask if it's appropriate for you to do a black fast or if not what you can do to up your game a little bit. But don't get taken down by the very online people who are, you know, I, I'm beginning to distinguish myself as a traditional Catholic as opposed to as a trad because there's a lot of LARPing that goes on with being a trad, okay? And you don't want to push, you don't want to be taken down by people who have, may mean well, but are have have a lot of bad ideas. Traditional Catholic says, first 1962 Lent was hard. I could barely lift your breviary in the first three days until I discovered partial abstinence. Yeah. Um, and also remember, if you have health issues, like I do, the the Lent, Lent rules are something you should work out with your priest. If you give up caffeine, you may end up being someone else's penance. Yeah, and that's the problem because being someone else's penance should be something that they can that they consent to. <laughs> Colleen, I am a I am a I am a I'm a coffee snob myself. I just had. Uh, there's only two brands of coffee I drink, both of which I have to buy online. So one of which is Mystic Monk Coffee, and I'm buying some for my neighbors as a sort of just a neighborly Christmas gift. They're going to get the joy of Jingle Bell Java very soon. Uh, if there are any other questions, now is your time to ask them. So let's get them in the let's get them in the chat now. And I hope that everything goes well for people on this wonderful and nice day. Um, what is the black fast? It is essentially, you've heard of people, it's, it's comes from the middle ages. The church has continuously revised the, the rules about abstinence and fasting for Lent and other penitential seasons since the middle ages. But it was the bread and cabbage diet basically for all of, you know, for all of Lent. You couldn't have eggs. You can have cheese, no butter, no nothing. It's where like some of the indulgences came from, right? Like if you, donated money to help construct a cathedral, you might get a an indulgence so you could have butter during Lent, which sounds weird to us today because we don't think of butter that way, but that was a thing in the Middle Ages. But as modernity developed, as labor became more intense, it, the, the rules changed. It's not so cut and dry as this being just more laxity, although I think today's rules are very, very lax. Mystic Monk has artificial flavoring in their flavored coffees. Yeah, which is why I only ever have their... Uh, these days, I, I limit myself to, like, the Jingle Bell Java once a year, basically. Um, otherwise, it's, you know, I I just had some unflavored coffee, so. All right, folks. That looks like about it. So you all have yourself a nice day. I have to go check on some beef ribs that I have on my grill right now, and then I have to start figuring out how I'm going to roast this turkey and when I should, because if I put it in the oven now, it'll be done at like 8.30 or 9 in the morning. That's a little early. Anyway, check out that Fulton Sheen video that's going live here in about an hour. Y'all have a nice day. God bless you. <laughs>